Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 121 for middle of May 2020. And uh, rather than getting into the long intro or anything, uh, I'm going to go right into the show. This week I have the pleasure of uh, having uh, my friend uh, Ward Rawson join me again for a little chat. We're going to be talking about, oh, what are we doing during this uh, time of lockdown? And are we reading books? Are we going through photography? What are we doing? So uh, I spoke to Ward for a little over an hour, so in order to just get right to the show, I'm going to cut to the chase. Also, there probably won't be an outro. I'm just going to end the show when we end. You guys know where to find me. So anyway, I really hope you enjoy this chat with uh, me and my buddy Ward, and uh, let's see. Start recording. I'm recording. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey Ward, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Hey man, it's been a while. I gotta say, it has been a while. <laughs> Unbelievable while. Yes, the uh, world has changed. I think since we last talked, that's for sure. Yeah, it has, and it, you know, I'm not a, you know don't want to get into the whole story about this, you know, because everybody knows what's going on. But it's gonna be really interesting to see what things are like when we get through this, like on the other side, I'm, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about photography in that, in this respect, you know, like what's going on with uh, both of us in the uh, pandemic world. But uh, uh, I, I've been like, like I said, I've been talking to myself on the show for, you know, my last four or five episodes, so it's really it's good been to working. have. working. I haven't even had wanted to turn it off, so it's all good. It's okay. It's just, that's the voice in my head coming out through my mouth, or at least right. one of the voices. <laughs> but, you know, after a certain amount of time, I, I can't hear myself talk, think anymore. It's just, so it's nice to have, you know, other human beings. I've been Zooming with family and stuff, you know, and that's that's kind of fun. I don't know if you're doing the same thing, but. No, just, I. it's funny, my, uh, uh, my mother, or sorry, my uh, uh, my wife talks to her mother on an almost daily basis, or mm-hmm. sometimes a couple of times a day. Where I'm a kind of a once every two or three weeks kind of guy, but I talk. We talk for an hour and a half. It's just yeah. the nature of our relationship. So, yeah. and there's yeah. phone calls. It has. We haven't done any any Zoom or Skype or anything like that. Yeah. So I, just I just that phone calls good. Yeah, I, I like I like the Zoom thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's any replacement for anything, but you know, to see that you have, you know, like with a phone call, I, I know we're not talking photography yet, but <laughs> it's a, yeah. with like a phone call, even like what we're doing now, I like with Zoom or that kind of discussion, at least I, we all know we have each other's attention for that period of time. Right. Where if we're doing stuff on Discord or Twitter or something like that, it, it really is like, you know, you're writing it and then you're doing something else. You know, right. it's the attention thing. So. Having that, or even having this kind of discussion with you now, it's like at least, you know, we've got ourselves locked in for, you know, however much time, and I, I've got your attention, you've got my attention, and people are listening now, hopefully, <laughs> we have their attention, but um, that's the kind of thing, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of missing, I mean, the, you know, uh, but I, I like it, I like that we can do this thing, and I think, it's a, you know, it's not a replacement for real life things but i'm thinking like you know if people start camera clubs or photography groups where they're in zoom you know and 
at least seeing each other and talking rather than like using emojis yeah. to try to express themselves and getting yeah. into trouble because yeah. <laughs> that's how world war three is going to start. Right. I think. Yeah. It's a poop emoji. Yeah. What was that? What, what? <laughs> is that a wink or is that a smirk? What the hell yeah. is that? <laughs> So anyway, what are you, so, so what are you doing? Uh, we've been talking a little bit, but let's talk about what are you doing photography wise during this time? Uh, since, uh, well, as you may remember, um, I was laid I don't off. remember. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> refresh everybody's memory. Uh, I was laid off from my job, which was downtown here in Calgary last September. And I've got some hopeful prospects these days, but I haven't been working or doing anything downtown, which is where all my street work has been, uh, has come from. Oh. So, uh, so that's come to a com pretty much a complete, well, it absolutely has come to a complete stop. And I haven't even touched my cameras probably since, uh, goodness, since, wow, I guess it would be really? October. Really? Yeah. So, and, and it's funny because I haven't, I've, well, I've taken them out to clean them. Sorry, I did touch them. I just didn't use <laughs> well, them. Well, that's nice. <laughs> so I'm like, I should do something with my cameras. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. clean them. Um, yeah, so there, there was a little bit of travel. We brought my um, mother-in-law up from Arizona in October and I did some, some shooting there. And I think we had talked, you and I had done a show together not too long after that adventure. Mm -hmm. Um but what I've decided to do, and I think what a lot of people are doing if they're not shooting, is going back through um, our, our old Lightroom or my old Lightroom catalogs. Yeah, yeah. So I've been going through that and uh, going back to, two, well, I didn't have Lightroom at the beginning, but uh, 2004. So I'm I'm now just coming into 2017 after going through <laughs> yeah. well, So what, when you say going through, are you just like skimming through it? Yes. And, okay. And trying to pick one or two images. Well, no, I'm, I don't. I don't put a number on it, but it seems like I have one or two images from each of those years. Now, two thousand, two thousand four. So when the kids were little, there was really not. There's a few pictures of them mm -hmm. as kids, but a lot of them were just kind of. Oh, here she is in the stroller. Here she is. They're right, kind right. of like dull vernacular. Yeah. Family pictures. They're not really arty, but I did. I did try and keep my, you know, try to try to. It's at certain times when I thought of it, try to do some kind of art with them. Well, what's your when you're looking through it? What's the criteria that's coming up in your mind looking at the shots? Um, to pull them out and do something to like pull that. them out. Well, they have to have some kind of artistic virtue. They can't just be, um, you know, have to kind of recreate what I thought my state of mind was at the time. Like when we were the family was on vacation, my, uh, we were, we were on a boat that goes, it's in uh, Gl uh glacier park. Um, it, it, it borders Canada and the U S. Um, and there's a, there's like a ferry that goes from the Canadian side down to the, um, down to the Montana side. So from Alberta down to Montana. And we had this time and I had my, my old big Olympus, um, the first generation of the four thirds. And it was a great camera, despite it only being six megapixels, whatever it was, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a lot, but, 
Um, the light was good inside this this kind of ferry boat thing that we were riding in, and at least you know light coming in through the windows. And my son was hanging his head over backwards on the seat in front of me, and I got this really nicely lit picture. Which I've used it as an avatar for a long time. So the stuff like that, where that was there was something else going on. There was an awareness of the surroundings as opposed mm-hmm. to lining the kids up beside the Christmas tree and taking everyone's picture. <laughs> Did you do uh, that though too? Oh yeah, no. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah, my my wife does it more now that everybody has a phone. She lines kind of lines everybody up and then tries to get someone else to take the picture so that we can all be in that family picture. Yeah. But it was just that, just where there was something something more interesting for a non-family member to look at. I guess is the way I guess I should have worded it. Right. So it was let me, just like, let me let me ask you this: like, why didn't you pull out those pictures before? Like, why? Like what's I had, the different I, what's the difference now as you're going back and looking at your old work and saying, Oh, well that one's got some some artistic. Well in those values. days I made prints out of them. I didn't post them to the internet or anything. They uh-huh. were not I, I didn't uh, there was no thought of of social media then. So I did make uh some nice fine like fine prints, uh with a few of them, not too many, maybe a dozen or so. Um, but they've all kind of been torn up or lost to history or faded or something. And it was just an opportunity for me to go and relive. Uh, but maybe that's part of it is there's, there's this reliving thing of, oh, yeah, I remember when the kids were this age and that age and so on. And so kind of, a, I suppose, as a father, it uh, was a different way to kind of recreate the time when at the time you're just so busy wrangling kids and so on. Now you can look back at those images. Um mm-hmm you know, around the kids and it's kind of a more interesting. Um, but, you're, but you're looking for shots that are, have more artistic value. Yes, though, right? absolutely. Were yeah. you, but I'm saying, are these the same shots back then that you pulled out for artistic value? Like when you say you're going back and look, are you finding new things or are you just pulling out old stuff? No, that, I didn't shoot enough. A, yeah. Right. I didn't really shoot that many that the ones that were good were kind of the state of the art then because I shot so infrequently compared to, Oh, okay compared to when the street stuff's really started up. Um, and, and you know, so I have, I have all this dark room work up until we got married and we had kids and then it was really quiet. You know, I'm just, just, I mean, I'm sure there's not even 500 images I would have taken between maybe 2000 and 2007, 2008. So it wasn't, there wasn't a lot there to choose from. Yeah. Were you more finicky at, at keeping pictures were you more uh, deliberate at deleting stuff um than you are now i don't know if you're doing the same workflow no not really i don't delete that much i try to delete in camera if i know something's really gone off the rails so i don't import it um what i'm saying is it the same workflow that you had back then no it was uh iphoto i would have been undoing it on a mac in those days and i've taken since taken all the masters have lost the edits i have all the master original they would have, I would have shot JPEG in those days. So I've got the original master JPEGs. And then I imported them all into my current Lightroom in a different catalog of this old stuff. And that was part of this project. I was actually finishing off that kind of import process. Oh. So now I've got them accessible by Lightroom now. All right. So, uh, and I'm, so I'm grilling you here, and then I'll talk about my stuff. But no, I'm, that's cool. I figured this okay. I don't mind but being what, grilled about this. Yeah. Well, well, actually, you're helping me a little bit think about this stuff. What's the what's the um, other than boredom? 
what's what's your uh, purpose and goal about going through the old catalog? Is well, there or is it just boredom and? No, it's well. Part of it is I have the time to do it now. Right. Okay. And also, I in my love of photography, I love just about every step of of the act of creating a photograph. I like being out walking around. I like the tactile aspect of the camera and the precious aspect of the equipment that you're using and the shooting and like the, a good street shot is like a good golf swing. It's sort of like everything comes together and your mind's a blank and it's all your sub you know, all that lofty crap. And then you, that and I, like I was, you know, by 2014 on, I was trying to be religious about coming home, having dinner, and then importing the pictures after dinner and then editing them and then putting up what I wanted to social media or at least my holding area, my, you know, my exports, my mm-hmm. exports directory. And um, I liked every aspect of that. So with not shooting, and I've been doing a lot of online education related to my work, that's been mm-hmm. what's been kind of filling my days. So in the evenings, I would just go through these old these old catalogs like it was a day of shooting right and i just go what can i find in here and i'm finding particularly in the later this later stuff that i'm finding from 2014 on they're like decisions like oh i know why i wouldn't have picked that picture then Mm -hmm. but now i i'm definitely picking this one that's what's happening that's That's, there's a change all right. Two things. There's that, and there's the. I don't like my original rendering of this. I will, ah, I'm going to okay. redo this with my different, my my BS phrases. Tone vocabulary. <laughs> that's that's today's word of the day. Tone vocabulary. So tone. I would, tone. tone? Like the different contrast. A little oh, bit different. The, the, the curve. I'm playing the with the curve. Oh yeah. So I'm I'm making it a little bit. Uh, making the particularly the black and white images, like I could completely reinterpret this. Yeah. Um, and hold and that I thought. To... Like I, if, if we okay. don't take too long talking about the next subject, I want to talk about this interpretation thing. So, so put that on a, certainly we, we have it on our notepad. So if we get okay. to just remember that, but that's interesting. This, uh, well, you're a different person. You're, you're, you've aged right in those yeah. times. And we all like to think that, uh, you know, we're a lot different than we were 10 years ago and five years ago even. So yeah, it's interesting to be able to look at that stuff. Uh, and also to too, it. just, just before you go on, um, I was shooting with a different camera in 2014, the X 20. I think you and I both have had X 20. Yeah, right? yeah. The sensor is way different than my XE three. And so I thought I was dealing with the limitations in the sensor, the way I did my post-processing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if Lightroom is better or just my perception of what's going on is better or better different. Let's not say better. Let's, you know, try and keep yeah. things on an even keel here. Uh, but I can make those pictures look more like they would on the XE3. Mm-hmm. Ah. So that's part of it, too. It's like, I don't, I don't like the way I originally did this. I'm going to do it like my later work. You just reminded me about something. But I, I hate going through my old stuff. That I don't hate it. It's just I'm I'm such a like I, I went back as far as like you're talking about like my first digital stuff that I'm I'm keeping in Lightroom uh, goes back to 2004, 2004 maybe earlier I can't remember when my first DSLR was but when I when I got my Nikon D2X is when I really started to that was the first like professional digital camera I had. 
uh, and that's I think my Lightroom library really starts to take off. But I, some reason, I, like I was going back and forth, I was doing a lot of stock, and so some of the stuff I look at it, I'm like, I don't really want to look at that stuff. It's like going back through my slides. It's like, oh, I got all these slides, but the photography was shot for stock mostly, you know, right. maybe for other fun stuff. But I look at them like, Ugh. <laughs> but I do find some gems. I mean, I, you know, I quickly went through my catalogs and I'll give you a quick backstory about that because my, uh, my two computers I have, which is a, I have a MacBook pro, which is 2013 and I got a Mac pro from 2009. Both of them, uh, especially the Mac Pro, which has got my my libraries on it, are showing their age, and right. and I think the power supply on my Mac Pro is kaput, so I have to leave it on all the time. But I can't update Lightroom and stuff like that. So uh, I recently just bought a new refurbished, which is, looks freaking basically new. You got uh, an Apple? You got an Apple refurbished machine? Yeah, an Apple. Yeah, it's it like brand new, yeah. uh, twenty-seven inch iMac, and. Um, uh, my friend Bart Bueschatz on the uh, Let's Talk Photography podcast. Yeah, and I like that guy. I, I like him, that podcast. Yeah, he's great, and uh, I give him credit for. Uh, I got to give him credit for getting me into podcasting, or, or you know, being an influence in podcasting. But uh, Bart, I asked him because I know he's a Mac guy, and so I, I asked him for some advice. You know, because it's been a long time since I bought a Mac for purpose, like I actually thought about it. So anyway. Uh, this two, the 2017 iMac refurbished came up at Mac sales, by the way, I'm not getting paid by Mac sales, but if you need Mac stuff or any kind of peripherals, yeah. Mac sales, those guys are the best. I yeah. can't, I, I can't say enough good stuff about those guys. Cool. Uh, but anyway, they had it, um, refurbished and I was like in a 27 inch screen, retina display and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, I got it. So, uh, now I'm not so worried about, you know, stuff failing. And uh, my day job needs to be, I have to, I, you know, my freelance job is looking at videos, so I need something. Anyway, so I'm in the process of switching stuff over and trying to figure out how to migrate and whatnot. And um, so I, I'm spending time looking through my old catalogs. In fact, I started uh, a new catalog. I'm sure, uh, Mac, uh, Mac uh, will be really happy. Max Sikulski will be happy to hear I started a new catalog for 2020. Yeah, you're so, into six digits, right? Uh, I stopped at 840,000, 850,000. Believe it, I, the my Mac Pro and Lightroom, you know, an older version of Lightroom Classic, it was doing okay. I, I, I'm not going to give it a lot of credit. It was it was a little sluggish, but for that many pictures, uh, I was surprised that it was still going. So. Reminds me of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. Just because you can do a thing doesn't mean you should. <laughs> well, it just doesn't. Well, my whole, you know, you know, but this is a this is a sidestep here for a second. But you know, everybody's like, you know, everybody's got a different idea about catalogs and 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 digital asset management programs. Like, come up with a new one every year, and it's like, you know what? Part of me wanted to do that, but the other part of me wanted to have access all the time to like galleries of stuff that I shot five, ten years ago. Yeah. So without, I, I don't know how to do that if you have different separate catalogs and I got to load up this one, I got to load up that one. But, you know, I, but I've got, uh, you know, from 2004, actually 2001, I've got a lot of old digital pictures, but like, you know, it's 2001, 1999 to 2019 stopped at 800 and let's say 850,000. So now my new catalog on the new machine uh, is, is, you know, started in 2020. But anyway. Uh, so I'm going through old stuff, and I'm looking at it, and I actually got through 10 years very fast because I was like, I don't know what I'm looking for. 
but I've been finding my my last two years of stuff because I've been shooting a lot in the past since I got Fuji cameras. I've been shooting a lot more. I mean, a lot more. When I look at those years, if I do the graph, it's like you know, the, it's like a mountain. All of a sudden, I go from like ten thousand or twelve thousand a year to like sixty to eighty thousand a year with these new cameras or whatever, you know. So I'm looking at the past two years and I'm, I'm really digging some of the stuff that I didn't, you know, immediately run out and put on Instagram or, or Flickr or something like that. So I'm like looking at and stuff that it wasn't street photography. And like you, same thing. Uh, I got laid off from my other part time job in September, which was a lot of me going into downtown Brooklyn, bringing my camera and, you know, having a reason to walk out in the streets, unlike today, <laughs> yeah. but having a reason to like go to the subway and, and see unique people and, and take pictures. And I haven't done any of that. Uh, certainly less so since I got um, uh, laid off because I'm not purposely having to – I have to now purposely go out and do stuff. But, you know, obviously now in 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 the COVID time, I haven't been going out that much at all doing street photography because there's nobody out. There's nobody out to photograph. And everybody's wearing a mask, you know. So uh, I, I really don't like that kind of photography. It doesn't fit what I'm doing. I want to see faces, expressions, and stuff like that. And masks don't do anything. Anyway – Blah blah blah. Was <laughs> side sidetrack right. for a second. Uh, um, blah, 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 laid off. Right. So street photography. Boom. Done. So I'm taking pictures of other things, but I'm looking at the older pictures that are not street photography. Uh, some of the projects you might have seen me putting up, like the chairs and the fire hydrants and yeah, the the debris and stuff like that, which I love to take. I've always been taking those, but I'm looking back at those things like, and I They're went awesome. back in my catalog. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I look back I'd like at my to back. talk about them for when you have a minute, actually. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went back, actually further back, and I, I, I noticed I was taking shots of chairs for a long time. So that's why I was actually scanning my back catalog. I was actually looking, well, did I take any chairs? Did any chairs? And please, I hope the next version of Lightroom has got some artificial intelligence or better artificial intelligence so I can do like type in a chair and it would pop up. Right. Because I don't want to look through 850,000 pictures to try to find two chairs. Um, but anyway, this story is getting longer. But I, I, as I switched to the new computer, and I might have said this a zillion times already, but I've been doing more mobile workflow with my photographs. Mainly because I've been going out. And I go to the coffee shop and I got the thing in it. And now, like, I, I haven't been going out. I got this new machine. The screen is to die for, right? Yeah, and and the screen part of the thing I like about processing on my phone is that the screen is really sharp, and the pictures just look fantastic. When I look at my old screens, my old Dell monitors on my old Mac Pro, or even um, even on my MacBook Pro, I have, I have sorry, I've attached to a to a Dell computer, a two K Dell computer, and they actually look, don't look too bad on that. But compared to looking at uh, on a Retina screen, the, the you know photographs look just beautiful. So. This iMac has got a retina screen. I'm like, they look fantastic. So I'm like now drawn back to my screen and my desktop and computer. I'm not going out. I got to sit here in front of my computer. And then I just upgraded relatively recently to Capture One version 20. And I was like, well, now's a good time to start playing with that more. Mm -hmm. And I started playing with that. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) I mean, I, I, I love Lightroom. I use it. You know, there are problems with it and there are things I don't like, especially with Fuji, the way it renders Fuji files. It's not great. But uh, when Capture One comes in and I look at those files that are uh, produced by that, I'm like, they're fantastic. And so now the other night, I posted the pictures up in our our, 
on Facebook, but in our photographer group, the shots of clouds right. I did, I, I, you know, I reprocessed those using Capture One and mainly as a, like a, a way for me to get practicing. And I was like, this is crazy. So I'm now glued back to my screen, right? Um, back to the computer because there's no point of doing processing on my phone because I'm in my house. So I can right. do it on my computer. Right. Uh, but, uh, I, and again, for my criteria is to just, I don't know, to, do I, am I seeing things differently? Um, my back catalog I'm going through are more recent. So it might, I feel like I'm not much of a different person from the past two years. Right. Uh, so I'm not looking at them that much differently. Like I said, if I go back into the further past, I'm like, <laughs> like I don't want to look at that stuff. It just, you know, the further back I go, the less likely I don't want. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I would like to go back through my negatives. Right? That's oh yeah. There, yeah. I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching YouTube videos about, you know, I mean, I don't know why I know how to scan my negatives with a light box and a camera, but it's fun to watch other people figure things out. Yeah. Uh, and you know, thinking like, oh, I should buy a light panel. Actually, I should get a light panel because I need something with with better lighting, and then just set up some kind of thing to scan my negatives with my camera. You know, um, but uh, again, it's like a, it's another thing to do. It's like uh, on top of all the other stuff we have to do. But so anyway, I'm doing that. So the, this long story, but I think getting this new computer is now bringing me back to the computer. I didn't think I would ever do this again, but this is the the, the predicament we're in. We're stuck at home. I'm stuck at home. I have this beautiful screen in front of me. I've got 800 or actually more now, but like 900,000 shots sitting in front of me. There's got to be some other stuff in there uh, that I just missed. But, you know, it, kept, it got me thinking that, you know, we're like, and I've probably said this before, like we're always constantly trying to make new pictures. New, yeah. new, new, new. Go out, shoot, new. Uh, go to the train, shoot more people sitting on the steps, you know, like new, new, post the new shots. And like, geez, I got, you know, I'm leaving all this stuff in the, in, in the dust. Like you, you're you talking about, you got all this stuff behind you and, and you can look at it differently. You can look at it differently as a, cause you're a different person now. In fact, you stepped far enough away from the pictures. I'm sure you can, uh, look at them with a, with a sort of, um, a very objective eye now. Yeah. Make you the d decisions that you, well, the des decision to select them is different, you know, any one image and also the way you would post-process them is, or is, or can be different. Yeah. I mean, and that again is based on different sensibilities. You've read a lot more, you've seen exhibits, you've read a lot more books since the last time you've, you've got different things in your mind going on and, uh, uh, Yeah. Can yeah. it, can, uh, well, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to segue into that. Cause one of the things I want to talk to you about, you had posted a shot. Did you do it in our group? Uh, yeah, you did. Right. You posted the books that you got. <laughs> oh yeah. That's so a said, couple of you got, shelves. Of them. You yeah. got your pandemic reading, you said, or something like that. Oh, oh my. Uh, yeah. The ones that I've got, uh, upstairs, not in the basement in this, in the kind of the storage, the storage bookshelf. Yeah. But I've got five, I usually have five or six books on the main floor of our home um, that I just kind of go to um, every now and then to, to look at. Um, so, so you tell, want me? What's the first? Yes. What's the, the first yeah, one? Let's yeah, do a first, back and forth because I got a couple too. So Okay. So the first one I got, and I, these are all books I got in the past year. In fact, I probably got, yeah, in the past year. Um, there's three of them I want to talk about. The first one's called... Um, Masters of Street, and it's edited by a guy called Rob Yarum. And what he's done is he's picked 
I guess, the more recent practitioners of street photography who mm-hmm. actually some of them uh, that he's highlighted, like Alan Schaller, I, I really only know him from, uh, from Instagram. And he does these very strong black and white graphic images of architecture and people and people within the scale of, of their surroundings and so on. Uh, also, your um, 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 the guy that you uh, really enjoy, Jay Mazel, he's in there. Uh, let's see who else. Sally Jay's Davies, in Jay's yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, Ed Peters, Alexei Titarenko, Martin Weitz or Vol- or Waltz. I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Um, and some of the names I haven't heard, um, but I, I would leave, uh, anyway, it's called Masters of Street Photography. It's, uh, you can find it on Amazon or I think, uh, I'm not sure. I think it's even in, in some books, there's some kind of mainstream bookstores as well. Once they're open again, then you can go in. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. it's a good mix of interesting, strong images that if, if someone was going to ask you, I have no idea, you know, what street photography you could say, here's an example of what would, uh, uh, somebody with our sensibilities in, you know, 2020 or, you know, first part of the 21st century, here's what people think street photography is, as opposed to that mid-century stuff that we, guys like you and I kind of hark back to, we talk about mm-hmm. Winogrand and all those sorts of things. This is kind of a more modern, a more current take on it. And there's discussion with the photographers. There's there's lots to read. It's not just it's not just pictures. Oh, really? Um, oh, and really I uh, yeah. So in terms of number of pictures, um, it it's it's a good mix. It's a good mix of number of pictures. Uh, they try to distill as best they can, which you can't really, but it gives you a good idea for each individual photographer. They get a spread of five or six or eight pages with sometimes one image, sometimes two images or more on each page. So there's enough of you based on the description of, the, of, of, of that photographer and how they work. And then some of their representative street work. It's really good. I mean, if it's something that there's some budding street photographer, like a nephew or a niece or something who wants to try it out, you know, could either lend lend them one of these or give them uh, to a, for a Christmas or, or a birthday gift. It's actually really good. That sounds uh, like something I need to pick up. Yeah, I uh, I would I would agree, and uh, so that's the first book. Um, and what what are the you said the discussions are they like question and answer are they essays by the photographer what's the what's the text? Well, let's see. Um, there's one American photographer, George Giorgio. He I believe he's from the he's an Englishman. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the U.S. to take pictures of people lined up waiting for parades to start. <laughs> so Fourth of July parades, uh, gay pride parades, Martin Luther King birthday, uh, Martin Luther King Day parades, and he has this because he's not from the states. He has this like, you know, this uh, this otherness, this uh, this outsider. And in, in his case, there's a question and answer. Um, the editor has asked him some questions, and they're they're nice, thoughtful answers. Or he talks about his his point his point of view. Um, I'll just get I'll I'll just read you the four questions that that George was asked. How's sure. your style developed over the years? How do you set about choosing a theme for one of your series? Why did you choose a style of shot for your series in the company of strangers and reverting to black and white? And what 
uh, techniques did you use to photograph the parades? Like kind of basic, just kind of straight specific mm -hmm. questions mm -hmm. that, that gives a photographer an idea to answer. And in that way, it's really, it's really kind of a window into each of these guys and gals. So I'm, uh, I really appreciate this. And if you don't want to do all the reading and if you're like me, just read it, for, you know, read it for the pictures, you can do that too. Those are, those are four questions I need to answer for myself. So maybe I need to pick up this book and see how other people who have been doing this for perhaps longer than I have, or maybe even more in, in, into it. I, it's not the right word. I can't come up with the phrase. Yeah. Uh, because I'm actually, I'm looking at a page. What am I looking at right now? The street Pete street repeat.org has a, has a review of the book. Uh, and I'm looking at some of the pictures and I'm like, you know, uh, wow, <laughs> they're like they're really good. Um, and uh, this is one shot. I'm going to get the guy's name. Alexei Titorenko. Uh, Titorenko of these yeah. two figures on a, on a, on a, on a street, almost like ghostly figures Two, I think two women or an older woman and a child or something like that. Yeah. And, um, I'm just oh man, I'm drawn to that stuff. But like that is that is he does much that different long kind of exposure. Yeah, 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 he's medium format, and then he has the he has the shutter open for seconds or minutes. Yeah, there's also yeah. someone who's uh, it says the uh, the book's 16 contributors are split right down the middle with eight shooting in black and white, and the other eight in color. Stylistically diverse, uh, fine art aesthetic of uh, Tidorenko. Um, spectral long exposures of St. Petersburg. Oh, St. Petersburg. Uh, then it goes into uh, Marina Sursail, shoots on her iPhone and processes it in Hipstomatic in a cool postmodern twist. Their images come out with the same film or film noir look. Uh, hold that thought about Hipstomatic because uh, I, I have some books too that I got. Okay. Well, so we know at the beginning of this uh, the pandemic lockdown, um, a friend of mine, Robert Herman, uh, took his own life. And he, uh, if you listen to the show, you, you heard my story about it or saw my YouTube channel about it. Mm. Um, and he had his, his first book was The New Yorkers, which I highly recommend if you're in the street photography. Uh, and even just like the history of New York in the um, 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, he had come out with a second, actually he was working on a third book, uh, before he died, um, with the Neapolitans about Italy. But between that, he came out with a book called the phone book, um, which is his, uh, iPhone, um, photography. And I, uh, realized I didn't own this book. I have his, his New Yorker book, but I realized I didn't have this one. And I was like, I'm not gonna be able to go out to the store. So I, Hunted down on Amazon. It wasn't too badly priced. It took a while for me to get it. I think it came in from came in from Europe. Uh, okay. Yeah, but it's a teeny book. It's like uh, eight by eight inches. Uh, so it's done in you know square format, and it's a lot thicker than I thought it would be. It was a lot a lot more pictures in this book than I expected. It. I, I don't know why I never saw this book, hmm. um, and I always intended to get it, and I really. Sorry, I didn't get him to sign it. Um, but uh, the the we were in a photographer group together way back when, 
uh, when I first met him. And we were in the group for a few, you know, like four or five years, six years. Uh, and the iPhone came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went, when that iPhone came out and then the second version or the third version came out, I decided to sell my iPhone, my first one. I should have kept it, but maybe I'm glad I did it because I sold it to Robert. Uh, and, and, you know, I just sold it because I needed the money to buy a new one. Right. And if, if we remember those first cameras in the first, um, iPhones were, were nothing to write home about at all, but they were cameras in a phone and there was all this stuff in the phone with you to do processing and stuff like that. And I think early on when Hipstamatic and all these apps started to come out, I think Robert really hooked into uh, the iPhone um, photography. And I just want to read something from the open opening forward uh, in the book. Oh, I don't have my glasses on, so I won't screw this up. Um, who wrote the opening? Hang on here. Marianne Lynch. Um, I'm not sure who she is in relationship. I just haven't read the book yet. But in the forward, she says, The phone book, Robert Herman's engaging second monograph, features more than 120 iPhone photographs Herman made throughout the world from 2010 to 2015. His extensive travel odyssey included New York City, other cities in the United States, and images made in Canada, Mexico, France, Turkey, South Africa, Abu Dhabi, and more. I think there's some a lot of from in Italy in here too. So I'm just going to skip a little bit here. Uh, seeing those images again from early in his career and believing it is the photographer, not the camera, that makes the photograph, inspired Herman to begin photographing news of the iPhone and the Hipstamatic app. In a recent telephone interview, he explained, quote, I was looking for a way to refresh my photography. I'd become tired of shooting with a DSLR and, 35, and the 35-millimeter rectangle. I was still in love with the look of Kodachrome. The Kodak, unfortunately, taken it out of production, and I was looking for a digital equivalent. In 2010, I discovered the Hipstamatic app. Uh, the app imitated old analog film stocks and camera lenses in a square format and fixed lens. Uh, and the fixed lens of the iPhone reminded me of my early days of shooting with a Nikon F and a 50 millimeter lens. So uh, he's taken his his wonderful way of looking at the world, translating it through Hipstamatic or whatever you know app he was using. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, and uh, the, all this work is color uh, in the book. And it's, it's kind of like just all over the place. Argentina, Santa Monica, France, a lot of reflections, a lot of shooting through glass, um, uh, a lot of shadows, a lot of people. But um, it's, I found this stuff really, really refreshing and to know the, the, the context of the time that it came in. So it's really kind of the beginning of when people are starting to take the, the um, camera on the phone seriously. Uh, you know, he's like th- within three or four years of the iPhone coming out, he's using it as uh, a way to break out of this, like the doldrums of uh, and the constrictions uh, that he found with with regular cameras. Uh, right, that's I, interesting. I, we think of phones as being limiting creativity, but I think all of us in our in our unusual collective, certainly me, Mark, and you, um, it's it's been a different tool for creativity completely and we get satisfying results out of it and we love using it. I, 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 am exactly the same. I mean, I feel, I feel that I will get this like desire to just, um, uh, well, a not carry a bunch of crap with me, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, and, 
you know, it's both restricting and 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 not at the same time. The 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 um, iPhone is, or well, I was just say camera phones in general, but with the apps and stuff like that, is like a, a, an endless world of of creativity, like all within this little box in my hands. And I keep, you know, I you and me are are of the generation where we've lived through all this stuff, and we've seen film and the beginning of digital, and then you know this this whole photo studio in your hand kind of thing to actually appreciate that, you know, and I, I still sit there and I marvel at it. I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting here and using Lightroom and processing my picture while I'm walking down the street that I just took on the corner. You know? Yeah. And, like I and, used to say that contrast slider is a whole Friday evening <laughs> in the dark room, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, and to see that Robert really took it, um, like right away, you know, uh, uh, and, and found himself being freed with it. So it's a really good book. I really recommend it. It's printed well. It's a nice size. The book, the cover is the com- most compelling thing. It's the shot of this, uh, on a beach, this little girl uh, in a bathing suit in a big plastic bubble. And it and I'm looking at it and I'm thinking about what's going on today. And it's so interesting to like hmm. look at pictures that are not, have nothing to do with today, but the context that I'm looking at it in you know, she's in this bubble six feet away from like maybe her sibling. Uh, and, you know, I guess it's one of those bubbles that you go on the water with. Um, okay. Zorb or whatever they call them. Is that I don't know. I don't know. I know that's a sphere thing. thing that you, um, yeah, that it's you covered roll down with, hills in it. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's a clear <laughs> sphere and it's covered with sand. So I think she was rolling around on the beach and you can't see her face. And there's just these ghostly figures on it. And, and just considering... Gosh, it's really, hmm. It's, mm. it's so interesting just knowing like that on the cover and just knowing some of Robert's um, personality uh, and seeing it. Gosh, God, there's just, there's a lot here. So, I mean, it means a lot to more to me because yeah. I knew him and, and of this tragedy. There's no, there's no um, commentary by the photographer in this book. It's just, uh, it's just, let me just make sure. Yeah, yeah no. Oh, there's an author's note in the back, but it, it's just pictures. Yeah. It's just pictures and locations. So uh, it's just another eye into, you know, and what, what I, I get worried about is that people who are listening to this or might want to get the book will look at this and it's like, oh, I've seen this stuff on Instagram already. I'm like, well, you know, well, that's, that's the, Yeah, there's a physical experience of having a book. It's an experience going through well, a book. Yeah, and I just don't mean like seeing his stuff on Instagram, but like, like when the, looking at the street photography in the book you're just talking about, like you start to look at it and you start seeing repeating styles and stuff. And, and is it just, are, are we getting, do we get tired of the stuff? Do we just get jaded by it? Like, oh, well, yeah, I've seen how many, you know, silhouettes against colored walls can I look at, you know, or, or, you know, weird juxtapositions. Yeah. Um, and I, well, I, as Mark would say, um, you just need a better one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's it's sort of like, yeah, we've seen lots of one. Can you do one if you could do and, you know, could you do a better one? Yeah. I, I like that. I think that's, you know, it's so, part of the limitation. I was going to say when you were talking about the limit, we were talking about limitations of the, of the phone, you know, you, you find that, you know, make you hear, you hear directors and, and, and uh, other creatives uh, talk about them being limited by something and the whole, the whole blossom of creativity came from working within those limitations. And I think the phone is one of those things where 
sure you've got you've got all these tools after the fact but you're like okay i can i really have to mm -hmm. use my my leg zoom to get closer or get further away and capture what i need to do and frame yeah. it and shoot it and yeah. you know i think that's that's certainly part of it but this is the whole thing of all the creativity happens within the boundaries of those limitations that you have yeah, yeah. it's important so what's the next book you got the next book is a kind of a um it's a little on the dark side. It's called Mexico Between Life and Death. It's by an American photographer, Harvey Stein, and it's all black and white. And uh, black and white pictures of Mexico have interest for me because mm -hmm. of my trip there early last year. Um, the wh What I find interesting, there are several things that I find interesting about it. Um, it the, the pictures are reproduced uh, with a very deep kind of inky blacks, almost mm -hmm. like it was done in charcoal. Mm. Um, as I said, it was, it's kind of dark. There isn't a lot of smiling. Um, there's, you know, kids out on the street with toy guns. There's um, pictures of people bracing or covering their ears when fireworks are going off, which I imagine is done in celebration, but there's no real context of that in the mm -hmm. picture. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have fallen in the street. I'm making this sound much worse than it is. Uh, kids <laughs> walking through... around with masks and day of, you know, in the day of the yeah. death. Um, I mean, I'm looking you... at some of the pictures in one of the, in a review here, so I can. Yeah, so I there, hear what you're there, talking about, but it, yeah, you, it's it, it, it's, it's dark, but not as dark. Yeah, as it's you not, think. and and there's you know there's a, a, I, I presume a florist, and she's got an arrangement of flowers, and she's smiling into the camera. Uh, but it's very much um, uh, it, 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 the way he's he's gone through his work. He's definitely he's did, I, I guess the way I would put it, he's he's kind of squeezing the dark juice out of the place. I guess is the expression <laughs> that I would use. Um, I think it's interesting um, because having visited Mexico and in, in the, a city in the interior of Mexico, not a beach town. Um, I sort of have a feeling for um, for for what that's like with the cut stone streets and the colonial churches and you know that are 300 years old and so on and the you know long shadows in the in the morning and the evening and so on um, and the almost no shadows at noon, uh, which is um, you know a novelty for me being a Canadian. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it because it's different from the. Mexico pictures I'm trying to shoot. I'm trying to be the, I'm trying to shoot through a kind of an idealistic filter. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it a kind of a happy travel document sort of, that's kind of an oversimplification, but the stuff that I'm doing, what, what Harvey's doing, and he's been visiting Mexico for a long time. So he's got, he's got his own kind of uh, visual vocabulary for, for what he sees and I just like how it is way different than than uh, than my my work, and mm -hmm. making me think about locales and you know things that I've seen that I hadn't shot, or maybe exploring a darker a darker aspect to. It was certainly there when I was there. I just chose not to shoot it. Do you think? Um, can I ask you? you? Think the darkness comes from the way the pictures are presented too? Yeah. Well, that adds to it. But uh, yeah. you look at the subject matter, right? The people are not smiling. There's um, there's definitely a, a kind of a, a labor to the way people are presented. Um, 
uh, you know, people tend to look, you know, in the tired heat of the day and so on. And there's some pictures that are sort of cynical of, you know, politicians. And I guess there's one kind of a cardboard cutout of, I guess, a developer or a hotel manager with, um, with his, with, uh, I guess they they look like catalogs of the hotel that he's pitching. Anyway, it's just it's just kind of presented as a weird juxtaposition to uh, a policeman and a, and another citizen up against the wall behind them, and the policeman's looking at his pistol. Like it's just it's a little bit different, uh, just a little different perspective on things. I'm looking at some of the shots and and uh, just a few. This is one of this guy with a hat and a machete. Uh, standing looking at the camera yeah uh and he's got he's like you just see his eyes underneath the rim of the hat and his face is a little uh i can't describe it it's it's a smile but not a happy smile like or a grin or just like on the way he's not he's not grimacing but he's no. like this look like i'm like i'm gonna get you and he's not holding the machete in a menacing way but you see this this huge blade mm-hmm. and what I'm noticing about the shot is that I'm really drawn into like continuously look at it. Like there's more and more stuff. It's just this right. guy, yeah. but like his shoes or what are passing his shoes, you know, you look at it and like they're homemade and then, then you're drawn to the ground that he's standing on and these sort of uh, twigs and dead flowers and this rocky stuff. And it's just, I, I noticed that in this picture and a few other shots that it's not enough to just look at it for a second. No, you know, you're, no. You're, there's more, the more you stay with it, the more there is. And they're, I mean, there's the photography is simple. Yeah. It's, and the, it's, it's great. And, and just to, to go on with that point, with your last point, you go, I go through this book. And one of the reasons why I have it up there is I see different things. Every time I go through it, I come out with a different feeling of what I've seen. Yeah. Initially it was resistance from, like why why are you making this so dark? It's not that dark. Well, it is it is that dark a place in places, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So why not document that? Where I have just had this, you know, the blinders on, trying to do this happy, um, uh, this happy perception. Of, It'll be of, interesting to see Harvey's first trip to Mexico shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if he started off this dark when he first started shooting that's a good point or whatever he was doing so i mean once this stuff is over i'm guessing you're planning to go back uh when you're oh able. yeah i yeah and i've i've yeah as soon as i can i would like to go back so i'm really it's, curious what influenced his uh changes over time like if he if he was going for however many years what has he seen in the interim that changed his outlook in coming back to mexico and, and recording it in the way he did yeah, I'll just read you a paragraph from uh, from his foreword here. He said, The images show fragments of what Mexico is, a country of incredible contrasts and contradictions. Mexico is about piercing deep, uh, sorry, about piercing light and deep shadow, of stillness and quick explosiveness, of massive tradition and creeping progress, of the great religious belief, but with the corruption as a way, but with corruption as a way of life. It is a land pulsating with life, a country so close to the United States, yet so far away, a country with more than 50% of its population under 20 years old, but where age is revered. So, you know, that's that kind of puts it into perspective. It's also interesting as the little, the little blurb at the beginning before the title page, he quotes Susan Sontag. Um, just one sentence here. I've lost it. One moment. <laughs> 
he says, uh, this is, he's quoting Susan Sontag. She said, strictly speaking, there is never any understanding in a photograph, but only an invitation to fantasy and speculation. Mm. So there's this kind of, all right, then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you get, you know, and it was part of, part, you know, it's definitely part of Sontag's um, um, perspective on photography. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was interesting too. So an interesting book, maybe not for everybody, but I'm certainly glad I have it in my collection because it is, uh, it is a kind of, a, I don't know, maybe singular is too strong a word, but a definite perspective on, on a place. It's all about the place and the people. Um, and, and in that way, it certainly has my attention and it has my, has my, uh, interest. Says he's, uh, made four, he said 14 trips between, t- uh, 1993 and 2010. Uh, I don't know if he went more than that, um, after 2010, but that's a lot of trips. Um, see, every time I talk to you now, I got to buy more books. Jeez. Sorry, man. It's okay. I'm not spending my money on the other thing. I live to serve. <laughs> but uh, I, um, a book like this where I can spend time looking at the pictures in depth uh, and finding new things in each picture, they're, they're really compelling. I mean, uh, and I also like the way it sounds like it was printed. I like I like books with those with those deep blacks. Yeah. Yeah, you get in spades with this one. And I like this dark black spade. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Sorry. But it's uh, it's uh, it's definitely a book worth having. Um, I'm yeah, I like it a lot. It grew on me. I didn't like it at first uh-huh. um, because of like I said, my recent experience visiting there. But I sort of like I get what you're saying. You know, if, if yeah. I was sitting across from, I go, I get what you're saying, but you know, mm. can't we go over here? You know. But no, I like I like it a lot. Uh, was it expensive? No. Can't be. Uh, I don't remember. It's in the mm. it's in the forty buck U.S. range. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Somewhere in there. Forty bucks on a book. I I'm trying to get rid of books on my shelf, and of course, my wife is going to be like, "But you're putting more books on." Oh, it's on sale <laughs> at Amazon right now, thirty three fifty three for the hardcover, which is oh, what I have. Okay. All right. Well, uh, speaking of dark. <laughs> okay. The book I've got is not a new book. I, I was just, I knew I wanted to talk about books today. I wanted to pull something off the shelf that I guess make people aware of, but I was like, God, I haven't looked at this in a long time. Um, there's a book called Full Moon by Michael Light. And um, the, the, I first became aware of this, of this guy's work at the uh let me just get the name right before i said it it used to be the hayden planetarium in new york but it's the uh, rose center for earth and space which is basically our planetarium in uh up uh, up next to the uh, museum of natural history uh in next to the central park uh there was an exhibit of of these prints now i'm not describing them yet You you know it has something to do with the moon but i went and saw this show and the prints on the wall they were huge they were big uh, and they were beautiful. They were done. Um, they were printed in an iris. Pr- I don't know what they were printed in an iris print with Hanamule paper or whatever, but wow. they were, they were gorgeous. And so the, the thing about this, they're shots of the moon, right? What's so interesting about them? Uh, I want to get into the whole story about it, but basically he was able to get access to the master duplicates of the moon, 
the the photographs that were taken on the moon. So uh, the moon, the astronauts go up, they fly around the moon, they land on the moon, they take pictures, they come back, they got the negatives, right? Those negatives were developed and they were never touched until they like they made what were called master duplicates of those. Okay. Then the so the, first uh, generation copy of the negative. first generation copy. The originals are kept in cold storage, never right. to be touched again, right. or something like that. So everything is coming out of these master dupes. Now the master dupes are also they're uh, they're not given to the public at all because those are the things that <laughs> if they get screwed up, they got to go back to the originals. Right. So those master dupes are very, very, very hard to get a hold of, or even you know we can't just walk and say I like to see the master dupes. Well, he was able to get uh, access to these master dupes, and he scanned them uh, early. You know, this I can't remember when the book was. Uh, when was it done? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. So you know, a while ago, right? Uh, so he scanned them and he printed them and he and he restored them a little bit. There's some pictures that have some restoration, but he's trying to present the pictures as they would have been seen the um uh the way the original negatives have been seen they were not they're not cleaned up there's a there was a really ethereal look to a lot of the pictures the way they were shot and or the way they were developed and uh so the show and they're all black and white or the show was black and white as i remember i don't remember if they're being color shots i have to look through the, I think I have the book here i do have the book here uh a friend of mine gave this uh to us for our wedding let's see if there's any no, there's color shots. There's color shots. But they were, you know, it's presented these moon shots as if they were works of art. And they are, they were so blown away mm. by the prints. And so when I got the book, the book is printed, it's beautiful. And it, it, a lot of the shots are the shots, some of them are the ones that you've seen before. Right. Uh, but a lot of them are the ones you haven't seen. Right. There's, there's, uh, you know. I don't know how to describe it. Just shots of like a part of the moon that you would never have seen. Just like angles of the moon on the, uh, you know, yes. And they, we did land on the moon. <laughs> Am I kidding? It's people who didn't think we landed on the moon. Um, so the book is beautiful. It And and uh, it, it, there's a couple of pages that pull out. They, had, they made these giant panoramics. So he stitched some of them together to these panoramics of the landscape and stuff like that. Wow. And, uh, there's a whole bunch of text about how the, you know, about the moon landings and the pictures they were taking. Um, so there is some stuff to read in it, but mostly the things are, uh, are the photographs of the moon. And, and I just pulled it out because I haven't looked at it in a while. And, you know, it, it just, for some reason that the, the magnificent desolation, someone who said that, like one of the astronauts that said that about yeah, being up remember. there, uh, and how it kind of fits again, the, you know, looking everything through the the glasses of where we are now, you know, and 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 translating it, uh, you know, the the moon pictures, the re reconstruction of them through this like idea of like being isolated, you know? right? Um, and and being able to see other landscapes, be able to travel to other places, you know, right? Looking at photographs and stuff like that. Anyway. It's a it's a fantastic book and and I do see that the hardcover is on sale, or on um, Amazon for twenty bucks. And if yeah. this if it's this book if it's the same version of this book this book weighs like five pounds, and it's like twelve by twelve so it's a square book. And again the pictures are presented mostly without text so it's just like the shadow of an astronaut the sun 
um, sun flare, the lunar module, like this little teeny tiny lunar module and this giant gray landscape as it's, as it's landing. Um, what else in here? Cool. It says in the blurb here, graced by five 45-inch wide gatefolds. Yes. They're, they're in the lunar landscape. Yeah. Wow. Uh, in some of the pictures, like he, he did say that he retouched like four of them, where he removed a couple of distracting things. And one of them, he removed the little, um, you know, each of the cross pictures hairs. had those little, the crosshairs. Yeah. But he, like, here's a, I'm looking at a picture. It's a blurry shot, a close-up of uh, one of the astronauts had left a, uh, portraits of their family. Uh, in a plastic bag on the surface of the moon. And the picture I'm looking at is a close-up of this photograph, and it's blurry because it's not quite sharp. Right. So the faces are blurry, and it looks ghosty. Um, but if you love shots of the moon, like this is, it's just, again, the fires up your imagination, fires up my imagination, I should say, uh, and the, really makes that, those pictures, um, you know, it doesn't, it crosses that line between, you know, factual documents and, and art and art. Yeah. And no, I, cool. I don't even know where to draw the line when you look at this work. Like, is it art? And is it, I mean, it's both in a sense, you know? So yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Like transmitting awe, right. It's, it's a thing that, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And it, it also just reminded me of that picture. Uh, I had talked about it, um, Shoot, I think I talked about it on Bart's episode. Bart had us, me and another guest, talk about pictures that were very influential or something like that. And there's the shot of that um, Buzz Aldrin took of Neil Armstrong just oh, as yeah, he had yeah. come in to the uh, uh, Lem after the first moonwalk and he had taken his helmet off. And you could see that uh, uh, Neil Armstrong's eyes are watering. Yeah. And, you know, you, and he's smiling too. So, uh, you know, you could think, well, his eyes are tired or something like that. But I like to interpret that shot as the the fact that he just came in from this alien world and all he could do was just smile and cry yeah. at the same time. Oh, and, that's uh, very cool. Yeah. And I get that a little bit of that sense when I look at this book. I get that, you know, uh, it's the closest I'll ever get to the moon. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but that I get that kind of feeling. And I certainly had that feeling when I saw the prints, when I saw this in an exhibit. So, um, highly recommend it, you know? So anyway, that's cool. Those are my, what's your next book? My next book. I think it's my last book. Um, it's called long story short. It is a, I guess really it's a catalog from a show that the Franco gallery, the Franco gallery is in, Oh my goodness, San Francisco. San Francisco, I think. Yeah. And this guy Jeffrey Frankel, he's he it's it's a privately run gallery and he just goes around and buys and picks whatever kind of pictures he feels like from you know famous pictures by uh Diane Arbus to found photographs that just happened to go on sale or that were found um pictures of Robert Adams of cars in Denver um, just different, different, you could say eclectic. There's one picture here. It's kind of one of my favorites by Lee Friedlander, who was apparently in Banff, Banff, Canada. He oh, took really? a picture of the street corner that I know really well from the town that was taken in 1974. So you're like, I'm going to Google earth. I'm going to find out what's going on at that, at that 
corner now. The, there's a there's a, um, a little film lab there, a little Kodak film lab there that I don't think is there anymore. But it, it's just it's just one one guy's collection um, of uh, of stuff that he's you know just taken out of his storage in his gallery and decided to show. They showed a little bit of the diversity of the art and um I see a moonshot there on the yeah, wall. Yeah, that's a picture of Buzz in front of the flag. Yeah. 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 On, on the day of. Yeah. That same yeah. day. Yeah. So. Wow. Oh wow. What uh uh how did you come across this and what drew you to it? Well this is my friend John at the camera store. Uh mm-hmm. he said you should look at this. And he put it in my hand. <laughs> and first of all, it's this red and it's got this, it's, it's got this kind of velour-y kind of soft, fuzzy, um, cover. Mm-hmm. And it's, in, it's got this picture of a, I guess it's a Macy's day parade picture of a, of a dinosaur that bunch of people walking under it, holding it down on the ground. So it doesn't float away. And then it's all, all embossed with gold, with gold text. And, um, it's like I say, it was, it was meant to be, uh, um, you know, handed out or something that you could purchase when you went to see this exhibit. I think it was in, let's see, it should say on the back when the exhibit was, there's a lot of humor in these pictures too. Um, so, I mean, what brings them together? Just the fact that, uh, uh, Frankel collected them. Yeah. So he, yeah. And there's, there, I think there are some works that are on loan. I'm not sure, but it's nice. It has a little uh, bibliography in the back, just uh, of the you know the various images and books that were referenced and where things were taken from. Um, well, speaking of moon stuff, there's a the very last picture is um, from 1894, and it's a picture of um, um, I guess it'd be. Sea of Sea of Tranquility. Mm-hmm. Oh, Louis um, uh, and Puzo, I guess the French photographers. Photographie lunaire, lunaire, mer de la serenité. So it's a uh, it's a it's a moon picture taken through a telescope at high magnification. It's not as good as as uh, Michael Light's transcriptions, but it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. You were like, this is if you saw a picture like this, you'd have the same awe, you know, in eighteen ninety four. Right. Wow. Just, yeah. just all the, just whatever he, uh, you know, whatever tickled his fancy. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's sort of like the street photographer thing and that you get to change gears when you look from one photographer to another. Here it's one page to the next. William Eggleston is a picture of a woman, uh, an older woman, blonde hair, carrying a brown purse, walking into a shadow, looking down, her eyes closed. And she's walking out, I guess, along the strip there. There's a casino and kind of an empty field across the street from her that was taken in, uh, it says circa 1965 to 1971. <laughs> so at some point, so no, it's, Jeez. there's just a lot going on here and, and it's inspiration. Um, it's just inspiration in short bursts, right? Just this one image. Um, they can, they can set you off and then you like it or not. And then you turn the page and then there's another one. Um, I just, I, I, I enjoy the, these kind of books immensely because they're uh, they're kind of like um, how would I put it? Um, you know, you roll the dice and you don't know what you're going to get. You get something else. Um, 
just just classic. It's a catalog pictures. though for the exhibit. It's a catalog right? for the show. Yeah. But uh, so what do you? Just, and this is kind. Of, I'm looking at the pictures, uh, and you've been looking at them a lot longer than I do because you have the book. Yeah. But do you see any like common thing that drew all those together? Like that? Like if you could say something about the guy who's collecting them, he was like, oh well, he likes this or he's doing that. I mean, do you see something? Yeah, I mean, he's really attracted to people in the frame, right? There's yeah. most of the pictures are people, um, and and there's some uh, contextual pictures. Um, some of the later ones, like there's an Alex Soth picture from uh, called Dallas City, Illinois, 2002, and it's the it's a wall that's been painted blue, and then a bodybuilder's body, kind of painted on. Uh, and then there's a smudge across the trunks of the of the bodybuilder. And oh, by the way, the bodybuilder has no head and no feet. So it's just this disembodied, almost floating oh, yeah. Yeah. weirdness going on there. And it's just like a, you know, that's deep the deep blue of the wall and uh, this this kind of half pattern, half recognizable human form. Um, so I guess I'm looking I would, at it now, it looks like an unfinished. Like it's un, it's totally unfinished, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, some teenagers were setting up a gym or something in that room, and they just didn't, you know, they had to leave before they finished the artwork on the wall. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> you know, making stuff up. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. There's some slice of life stuff. There's there's a picture, a Nan Golden picture from 1979 of four boys in the front seat of a convertible and one of them on the right-hand side of the frame is looking back at the camera. It's a clearly flash picture taken in the middle of the night. And there's such a kind of a snapshot of these, you know, hooligans driving around. Drivers drinking beer. Drivers drinking a beer, yeah. And they got a cigarette there. (laughs) So, you know, it's just, it's the shifting context. I mean, if, if you like, I mean, if you like the a monograph sort of like the, the the Mexico book where it's one guy's point of view in a place where he's kind of giving you um um a perspective in one subject matter this is not that this is mm-hmm. this is kind of all over the place but you could see if you're walking around the gallery and you saw these pictures you would be you'd be in a different bubble for every picture you stood in front of mm-hmm. and uh and that's that that's the appeal of this one. It's different than the other. I mean, one of the reasons why I picked, picked these three books was because they are so different. And then I can, depending on my mood or whatever, you know, I can just pick one of these books and go through and have a different experience. And I don't, you know, go, I don't, with a book like this, I don't usually go from one end to the other. I'll just kind of thumb through it. Thumb through it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this was a good pick for me as a different processes, a different, uh, different eras, different, uh, different contexts. Yeah. I'm looking at it and it does have that feel of being in a gallery, uh, or a museum where you're just seeing just different pieces as you move around. Yeah. And being that we're not going out anywhere. It seems like a nice, um, substitute for, for going to a gallery, you know, to have this, uh, see a book like this. I love these collages. There's some collages there. Yeah. Let me see. Um, I, can find it here. I can't see who the photographer is. There's no, uh, there's no, uh, there's no way for me to read it, but one's a black and white, uh, portrait of a 
man. Looks very, uh, I'm sure Mac would love it. Looks very Picasso-esque in a way. Right. Um, but it's very distinct. It, actually, it's really cool. The more I look at it, again, it's another one of those images that you can just keep looking at and seeing. I don't know this book well enough to go straight to it. I'm usually, uh, yeah. You say it's a collage of. Yeah, there's a well. I'm looking at the gallery wall, and there's two collages. Um, uh, one's a color one, and the other one's a black and white square. It's a portrait, and uh, it's just a nice. It's interesting to see this, like you know, obviously analog pre Photoshop or even just not Photoshop, just someone taking pictures and and uh, and piecing them all together to create a cohesive whole. Uh, certainly gives me some ideas. I've never done that. I've never done a collage of picture photos. No, that's cool. No, I'm not talking about Photoshop either. Like just something no, no, just to taking a print or, or even like other people's pictures just for fun. I mean, I know or taking a, the back of a spoon to a Polaroid or something and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> messing up the emulsion. That was a thing for a while. Maybe it still is. I haven't done that with the new one yet. I should try that. There's a hot spoon. To the no, no, just while it's just before it hardens after it, it, it for after the image forms, just squiggle around on the just on the print and it's 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 smushes down the emulsion and leaves marks and oh. colors and stuff. Do it with the new one because the new one takes so long to process. I wonder if it would work the same. Well, this is the SX70 we were talking about, so right, but the new film stocks, the new. Polaroid the stocks, oh, okay. they, they don't process the same as the old ones. They actually take like 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah, the certain, certain, I think certain film stocks. But uh, anyway, I'd be holding a spoon for a very long time if it if it did the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. Well, that's, you, you're happy with this, uh, the these books that you got? You oh, obviously, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the one of the reasons why I keep them up there is when I, Maybe not so much where I think like I've got this memorized or whatever. It's just if if it's sort of uh, kind of lost its interest for me, then I'll put it down, and within a few months or a year or years, yeah. I'll go put it on. What was that book about? And pick it up and look at it again. Hmm. But these are what's going through my mind right now. So Mexico because it was personal, and then Street because that's also personal, and then this long story short, which is which is a nice little. It reminds me a little bit of one of those history of photography books, actually, except they oh, took yeah. all those famous pictures and they threw them in a, almost like a random order. I'm sure they're not <laughs> a random order, but they, you know, it will, you know, here's, as you're walking through the gallery, here's, you're going to see this, then you're going to see this, and you're going to see this. And, it uh, might be the kind of book I might would suggest to, uh, for students to get, uh, like I, I do an intro to digital photography, which is kind of like an intro to photography class. I wouldn't call it, I'm actually trying to get them to stop calling it digital at this point. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I, I tend to try to make a selection of books for the students to, to look at because they're just getting into photography. And I always try to like, look, you got to look at pictures. Mm -hmm. And so this might be a good kind of book to like, it's, it's a smattering of all, like you said, a history of photography. Cause I can see that I can definitely see in the gallery that the, well, there's Moybridge pictures, pictures in there and there's, yeah, uh, I saw those. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's, that's the time sequence, um, um, physical bodies at motion horses and yeah. people running and doing gymnastics and so on that he captured on kind of a zoetrope type of 
arrangement where you see the time sequence. It's it's interesting work. Well, so it's it will go on my list. Oh, it's forty two bucks. Uh, you know, wait for the sale. So, uh, cool. I just noticed we're in past the hour. <laughs> I don't want to go too much longer. I know I wanted to talk about something else, but maybe we can just leave that for. All right. We can make another episode of that, but I did want to talk about this uh, next time about the idea of uh, photos being interpretive or descriptive, uh, and it's something that popped into my mind. But maybe I can get you on again uh, soon. We can, yeah. we can use that as a as a spark. But I just want to realize it's an hour and fifteen minutes. We've <laughs> I could probably keep talking here. I have to go downstairs and pick up some groceries I had delivered. So. <laughs> the doorbell rings and then you're like, oh, I have to get down. Well, my my doorman's holding me downstairs, but I was like, man, I could talk for a long. Um, well, thanks for sharing all that stuff. I mean, God, those those are we got five books. People, I will put links in the show notes to Amazon to for everybody to um uh, find these books. And I got a couple of other links I'll put in there. Um, cool. but I think it's a yeah a great way to spend some of the time that we're kind of cooped up is is uh expanding our uh visualness by buying and looking at books and going back through our old catalogs going back through the old catalogs is kind of the same you know it's like you know go through uh yeah go through that catalog right what else have you got to do <laughs> and i'd be really curious what other people's criteria is to like pull shots out that they didn't pull last time like what, what, okay, what's drawing you to this shot that you missed five years ago and you're like, you looked at it five years ago and you're not interested in it. And, and, and I'm actually kind of asking myself that question. Why am I looking at it now? I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, and again, I said at the beginning, like, you know, if I'm doing a project, I'm like, wow, look, I was shooting chairs way back when and, and now I'm doing them again, you know? And so, yeah, but like those other shots, why, why am I pulling those out? So. Yes, and I will a- answer your questions about the chairs, but maybe okay. we can do that in front of everybody because I'll have maybe I'll make a selection. I don't know. I got to do something with those shots, so they're cool. they're a lot of fun. So anyway, thanks for thanks for hanging out with well, me. It's my pleasure, man. And and let's what where can people find your musings and stuff? Uh, well, most of my work goes to Instagram. Um, I'm Ward Rosin Fine Art W A R D R O S I N Fine Art on Instagram. I'm uh, Ward Rosin Photography on Facebook and I have a website that's rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca, which Mark and I are still selling our book about the rodeo a few years ago. Oh, it's going to be five years. Next, <laughs> next year it's going to be five years. I really? can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, so there is that. We've got a few of those books left if you like um, Western subjects or you have a family member that likes uh, Western subjects, rodeo specifically. It's a nice little, nice little book. We reduced the price a little bit on it. So, all right. But that's okay. it. That's me. <laughs> that's you. That's all me. All right, Ward. Anyway, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me tonight. 